You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Monday, April the 4th of 2022. Happy opening day week, baseball fans. Oh, it feels so good to be able to say that as we will have official baseball this week. I'm Lucas Smith, host of the show Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for making it your first listen of the day, Monday to Friday. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. Get all your betting needs at Bet Online. It's here, everybody. Cardinal baseball is coming your way on Thursday, April the 7th against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's a home game. We don't have to wait a week for the Cardinals home opener. It is opening day. All rolled into one. It's just so exciting. It's hard to believe, honestly, that we are here at times because there were times this offseason where it felt like we weren't ever going to get here. It felt like it was going to be until May or June that we got here, but... CBA was agreed to. Spring training has flown by. The offseason was chaotic for a lot of different teams. Cardinals making a couple moves in there as well. And at the end of the day, we have baseball coming this week. I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. There is a bit of a bummer news to it, though, as I will not be able to be watching be able to watch the Cardinal game out because I'm officiating this weekend in Wichita, Kansas at the NURSA Basketball Championship Series. A very exciting opportunity for the officiating side of my life, but I'll still be up to date on Cardinal information and bringing episodes Monday to Friday of this week, uh, but just a little update there, more to come on that. The roster's taken shape. Cardinals are down to 33 players on the active roster at the time of this recording Monday morning. Got to get it down to 28 by probably Wednesday, but <laughs> at least obviously by Thursday when opening day hits. And it's going to be fascinating to see how they talk. Because I talked about it last week, but with, with the rosters being expanded to 28, um, the, and the, the no minimum on the number of pitchers you can have to start the season, the Cardinals are likely going to carry 15 pitchers. And that's exactly what Katie Wu has reported as well of The Athletic, that they will carry 15 p- pitchers with uh, the reserves uh, being the, the the typical reserves, Kisner, Sosa, Pujols, Dickerson, things of those nature, um, Newt Bar as well, but 15 pitchers. Th- that, that's a great option to start, especially when, when your fifth starter is so much in question because the Cardinals still have yet to name it. Keita Wu reporting that the order of the rotation is going to be Wainwright on Thursday. That's official, making his seventh opening day start, passing Bob Gibson uh, for most in Cardinal history. What Miles Michaelis will start in Game 2, Stephen Matz Game 3, Dakota Hudson Game 4, and then TBD right now in Game 5 against the Kansas City Royals. So we will wait to see. That will likely be announced in the next couple of days. You've, you've got some options. It's not going to be a Sean Benaya trade, as he was officially traded to the San Diego Padres yesterday. Could it be a Frankie Montes trade? Maybe. But at this point, we all need to start being okay with and accepting the fact that it's going to be an internal option. It's going to be somebody that, that we know, somebody on the on the roster currently, not going to be a big trade that happens. It's going to be some combination of Drew Verhagen, Jake Woodford, maybe even a Jordan Hicks, kind of a surprise candidate. We'll talk more about Hicks in just a little bit, but the bullpen is going to be extensive. You're going to have a lot of bullpen arms. Brooks will probably make the roster. Verhagen, Woodgren, uh, Gallegos, Cabrera, Hicks, 
Whitley, Helsley, all these guys are going to make the major league roster. And that's a good thing because this bullpen, even as, as, as no name as it, as it is, as, as many people on this bullpen that you could say, whoa, these people are not top-end bullpen arms. TJ McFarland, another one that I forgot to mention. I think that this bullpen has a chance to be solid, especially in the first month, just because of the, the vast number of it. Now, when rosters shrink back down to 26, I believe the maximum pitchers you can carry is 13, maybe 12. I forget the exact number, uh, but you'll still have that extra pitcher that you usually wouldn't have with rosters being at 25. So we'll have to see who auditions well in the first month of the season, at least the first calendar month of the season here in April. But the starting rotation looks a little weak right now with Jack Flaherty being hurt, won't be ready for opening day. That fifth starter spot is up for grabs and it's up for grabs for a reason because nobody's really taking control of it. Jake Woodford has expressed, or excuse me, has um, impressed a little bit this spring. You've got Drew Verhagen that has been solid, but also had that rough start his most recent time out. Those are probably the two candidates. It might even be a piggyback or an opener for that fifth starting rotation spot. Something that the Cardinals talked about doing a little bit last year. And now they might actually have to be forced to do it. Because as I mentioned, Jordan Hicks, who has looked phenomenal in his return, this spring training, he, if he were to be a, a serious candidate for the fifth starter spot, he probably wouldn't be ready to go four, five, six innings at this point. Just plain and simple, that's how how it goes because he didn't wouldn't been, doesn't have enough time under his belt, excuse me, to be stretched out to go that long. So it will likely just be some sort of piggyback or opener type option, which is kind of the new style of baseball, right? Um, it it is the um, you know, the hip bay raise model, what, what, what they'd like, like to do with, with the opener and the piggybacking. And, you know, one starter goes three or four and the other starter goes three or four type option. And, you know, it works for the raise, right? But I still think the Cardinals are, should be in a position by the trade deadline to add some pitching to this team. Because even when Jack Flurry, when Jack Flurry comes back, yes, that's a solid one through five. But you don't know who else is going to get hurt. You don't know how effective Flaherty is going to be when he comes back. You just simply don't know. So the starting rotation, while I'm still very high on one through four, and I'm, I'm excited to see what one through four do, again, as I've talked about many times, maybe not necessarily will be as dominant as the Brewers. You know, they have what seems like five Cy Young candidates, at least four. But they're, they're going to be solid. They're going to be above average. They're going to keep, these, keep this team in the game. I think that the, that fifth starting rotation spot could be, and is, in my opinion, an area of weakness for the Cardinals, clearly. All due respect to Jake Woodford, all due respect to Drew Verhagen, the other options that might hold that fifth starter spot. You know, This is why the Cardinals added guys like Verhagen and, and Wittgren, to give them depth, so that, that's a positive. You know, It's not necessarily dominant depth, as somebody might put it, but it is depth that the Cardinals are going to be able to tread water for a little bit pitching-wise, and the roster expansion extremely helps them. Aaron Brooks has looked solid this spring. You, you know what you're going to get about guys like Cabrera, Gallegos. Hicks has looked very solid this spring. That bullpen is set up right now that you're going to have more than just the three eyes that the Cardinals had for the first two months of last season produce. I think they're going to have people up and down that bullpen that just simply produce day in and day out that gives Ali Marmol different options which is a good thing. You always, 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 did I say always? Always want options out of that bullpen and preferably more than just three, one of them being your closer. I'm really high on Whitley. I think that he's going to be solid. Helsley has looked really good this spring as well. 
this roster, as I mentioned, taking shape. There, there are some, some questionable moves that the Cardinals have made since March 31st um, when, when they got the roster down to 37. Jacob uh, Bosojevic, uh, apologies if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, so Ali Sanchez and Juan Yepes were uh, opting to the minors on May th- on March 31st. Excuse me. You knew Juan Yepes was really the only surprise there uh, or even anything close to a surprise, I guess I should say. Uh, with, with Albert Pujols coming on the team, it, it could have been decently obvious that... that um, Yepes was going down, but still he had a slight slight chance that he, he would make the roster. Ivan Herrera was also optioned to the minor league camp that same day. Catcher of the future, in my opinion, for the St. Louis Cardinals, um, getting more seasoned in the minor leagues. Um, also, a, a roster moves made on April 1st. Top prospect, or one of the top prospects, Matthew Libertor, reassigned as well as Blake Parker. Libertor... Um, Ali Marmaro talked about, about focus for him being the main issue, needing needing to refocus him and just being able to make pitches more often for, for Libertor. Hopefully he's able to do that in the minor leagues. Um, and then the most recent roster move uh, was optioning infielder Brendan Donovan to the minor league players to get the roster where it stands right now at 33 players, which I don't know ruffled some feathers as a too strong of a term for this case, but it definitely raised some eyes, raised some eyebrows in terms of he he had a pretty solid spring. Ali Marmol had really good things to say about him. Why send him down? Could be that you, you just you only have so many roster spots to fill. So currently stands at 33. I believe that is without the Jack Flaherty being officially placed on the IL and being taken off the roster. So really, for all intents and purposes, 32. But the the, the pitching seems to me to to be a, an area of strength for the Cardinals. With all the questions, with even with the weakness at the fifth starter spot, I do think that this bullpen has a chance to be solid. And again, not because of the names they have, but just because of the insight that, that I think I have on this team, that they're going to be a solid bullpen. Do they need help? Is, is there areas of weakness? Sure, we can talk about those. Already have. But the roster itself is taking shape. And just a quick note to finish the pitching side of the roster before we get to the hitting side of the roster. Very excited for opening day with Adam Wainwright getting the ball. It's official. He's going to start opening day. He'll be most likely pitching to Yadier Molina with Albert Pujols, DHing for him. Poetic, storyline-filled, wonderful news right there. So before we get into the lineup, as it is almost certainly set for the St. Louis Cardinals, I do want to tell you about today's title sponsor, and that is Bet Online. National Championship is tonight, and BetOnline.net is your number one sport for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest sport developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all different leagues this season, BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Talking about rosters, a lot of prospects have been going up and down all over the place. Bobby Witt, Spencer Torkelson have been announced making the opening day rosters for their respective teams. For more on prospects, head over to Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. He's great. He's awesome. Uh, love his insight that he brings to the network uh, for, this, for the prospect side of things. I talked about Ben Online a little bit ago. Just a real quick note for tomorrow's show. It's an NL Central roundtable. 
me and five other members, two Locked On Reds hosts, Brewers, Pirates, and Cubs as well. Jeff and Steve of Locked On Reds, Andrew of Cubs, Vinny of Brewers, and Ethan of Locked On Pirates do a massive roundtable. It was a great time recording with those gentlemen. Even though they might disagree with me on my Cardinal takes a little bit, it was a good time talking to them about baseball, so be sure to be on the lookout for that podcast coming out your way tomorrow. The Cardinals lineup is almost certainly set. Katie Wu tweeting out earlier this morning, that it looks like an opening day lineup today as the Cardinals uh, play more spring training action against the Nationals. Um, obviously, Pujols playing at first base today. That won't happen opening day. It'll be Goldschmidt. Michael is starting today. Obviously, it's going to be Wainwright starting on Thursday. But the lineup for today's game looks like how it will likely look like this Thursday on opening day at Bush Stadium against the Pittsburgh Pirates. There's a very high chance of that. Even though the Cardinals are starting, or excuse me, the Pirates are starting a right-handed pitcher, Pujols is going to start opening day. Ben Fredrickson tweeted that as well. But here's the lineup for the Cardinals spring training game in a, uh, four or five hours at the time of this recording. Dylan Carlson leading off in right field. Goldschmidt DHing. Tyler O'Neill in left. Nolan Arenado at third. Albert Pujols at first base. That still is somewhat bizarre to say for me. Paul DeYoung at short. Yachty catching. Bader in center. And Tommy Edmond. Uh, rounding out the starting nine at second base. The only thing that I would change, in all honesty, switching first base and DH uh, for Goldschmidt and Pujols. And with Tommy Edmonds' uh, lack of success against right-handed pitching, keep him down there. No disrespect to Tommy Edmonds. He's a solid baseball player. If it were a lefty, maybe you put him up at the top of the lineup and you put Carlson in the middle uh, with Carlson's success against left-handed pitching. But this is... This is a very good, there is, excuse me, a very good chance this is the lineup you see on opening day. And that's a pretty solid lineup because I think at minimum you can debate on where they hit in the lineup. That's the nine you're going to see. And without pools, that's the eight you're going to see on a regular basis here in 2022. That's a pretty solid starting nine. Playoffs, minimum Division title is what they're going for, as well as a World Series title. I would run, especially that outfield, I would run that outfield out against any outfield in baseball and feel pretty good about my chances. Even the DH, you have have a platoon between Dickerson and Pujols. You could go a lot worse routes at your DH position than somebody like Corey Dickerson, who hits right-handers very well, and somebody like Albert Pujols, who hits left-handers very well. You could go a lot of worse ways. And I think that, you know, Albert talked about this a lot as well recently. He doesn't necessarily care about the numbers. He wants that third World Series ring. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be re-energized. I've talked about this a lot on this show. He is going to be focused, energized. He is ready to roll. I think he's going to put up solid numbers. I'm not trying to say he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs. I'm not trying to guarantee him hitting 21 home runs to get to that 700 mark. No. What I am saying, I think he's going to be solid in this lineup, an average bat. But again, what he brings to the table is so much more than just the numbers that he produces at the end of the year. So much more. And for Albert to be on this team to go win a third championship, like I said, storybook galore, or storylines galore. Um, but you could go a lot of worse ways with the DH spot. And again, you could have a combination at the top of the lineup because Ali Marmal has talked a lot about what? Lineup fluidity. So at the top of the lineup, you could see a combination 
of Carlson, Edmund, Bader at the top, depending on how hot they are, what they're doing, the matchups. I think right-handers, you're going to see Edmund, or right-handers, you're going to see Carlson at the top. Left-handers, you could see Edmund at the top. If one of them start to struggle, or maybe they find a little bit more power, you want to get him with more runners and scoring position chances. Maybe you put Carlson down there and you put Bader at the top. But any one of those guys, I think, could be a, a really good leadoff hitter. And like I've talked about a lot, like Marmol has mentioned a lot, you're not going to see the same lineup day to day. You're probably going to see a very similar um, eight position players on the on the lineup card each day. But where they hit in the lineup could be extremely, extremely different. And I'm ready to roll with Paul DeYoung at shortstop. I'm going to say it. I really have been impressed with him this spring. I really think that he is going to reward the Cardinals for their confidence in him because there was a time when myself included thought man why are we going with with, or why are the Cardinals going with with Paul DeYoung again it's time to move on time to go get Trevor Story time to go get somebody else but Paul DeYoung there was a story I talked about it improved his swing a lot in the offseason and his spring numbers prove that he has put up really solid spring training numbers and again spring training numbers could mean little to nothing but at the end of the day he is hitting 500 with an on-base of 565, slugging 950. To put that in a little bit better terms, he's 10 for 20, scored seven runs, has three doubles, two home runs, nine runs driven, and he's walked once and struck out three times in nine games. These are his best spring training numbers since the 12-game spring training he had in 2020. Paul DeYoung is going to have a good year. April 4th, 2022, Lucas Smith, Unlocked on Cardinals, has said it. Paul DeYoung is going to have a good year. Does that mean he hits 35 home runs? Does that mean he makes the all-star team, wins the gold glove, wins the solar slugger? It could. But I, all, all I am saying is that Paul DeYoung is not going to be a below-average shortstop in 2022. It's not going to be one of those situations where you say, man, why are the Cardinals rolling with DeYoung again? I'm confident in saying that. There were times, even last year, consistency is going to be the key, but there were times, even last year, where he impressed. He had a really bad year. Don't get me wrong, but there were times. Consistency will be the key. This is a great spring training. The numbers are solid. I understand that spring training numbers mean very little at the end of the day. Just nobody really remembers those. But I think that Paul DeYoung has the ability to put it together in 2022. If he stays healthy for the whole year, he's got a good shot at being consistent in my mind. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Cardinal confidence that that, or the confidence that the Cardinals have in him. I really do think that that plays a a pretty decent factor. But again, as I've mentioned, not that he's the key to the lineup because this can still be a very solid above average lineup with him struggling. But if he's able to produce, and if he's able to be an above-average bat and to be some protection in the 5-6-7 hole in the lineup, oh, man, does this lineup get scary. And does this lineup get long? Because then you don't really have somebody that you can pitch to if Paul Young is the weakest link. Yeah, you can talk about Yachty, and I get that. But Paul Young could make this lineup a – he could take it from an above-average lineup to a really, 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 really good lineup or whatever terminology you want to use, an above-average lineup to a... Not, I wouldn't say great. I'm not saying Paul DeYoung is that much of a difference. But he, he would um, 
lengthen this lineup immensely. I do believe that. This lineup is one that, that didn't get a ton of additions in the offseason. They got Dickerson and Pujols. But as we saw in their 17-game winning streak last year, the St. Louis Cardinals have a pretty solid offense. Consistency is the key in 22. Consistency is the key. We've, we've said that for a lot of guys over the last couple of years. That, that's a key for a lot of guys around Major League Baseball, but it seems like a lot more for the St. Louis Cardinals. One of those guys is somebody who just got paid. And Harrison Bader signed a two-year extension, taking uh, taking care of his two years left in arbitration. So I want to finish the show talking about him as well as other extension candidates for the St. Louis Cardinals that have been reported on and my thoughts on those two as well. So talking about extensions coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar have some incredible tasty Built Bars. They also have what they call Built Puffs. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered 100% in real, authentic chocolate, just like the Built Bars, because every single Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. And they are low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bar with these because most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your typical candy bar that has two to 300 calories. Built Bar is the way to go. And at Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com today and enter the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. So as I mentioned before that break, the Cardinals did sign Harrison Bader to an extension covering up his uh, last couple of years of arbitration, which I think is a is a solid move. Um, Ken Rosenthal reporting uh, that it's worth a guaranteed uh, $10.4 million, $1 million signing bonus, and $4.7 million a year. For the next two years, Harrison Bader says that he wants to talk about a long-term extension, but for where he's at right now, this is a great space to be, great spot to be, and he's excited to uh, be a Cardinal for a little while longer, I think. But this is a good move for the St. Louis Cardinals. You're, you're, You're signing, in my opinion, one of the top center fielders in baseball, maybe not top five, but arguably at least top 10, especially if you want to throw in all the sabermetrics and uh, advanced statistics that a lot of people like to throw around, then yeah, this is a great signing to get him for $4.7 million a year. And this Cardinal outfield, I've talked about it a lot, I've talked about it on this show even, has the chance to be one of the best outfields in baseball. And to lock one of your guys up for two years, that's great. Another guy that Cardinals have talked or at least that has shown interest in being locked up by the St. Louis Cardinals in a good term, is Tyler O'Neill, as well as Katie Wu reporting Giovanni Gallegos, who just uh, signed a deal to avoid arbitration. But uh, Katie Wu reporting that the Cardinals could be interested in signing an extension with Gallegos. Um, he has two arbitration-eligible years remaining. Uh, they did sign a one-year $2.4 million deal avoiding arbitration, uh, but Yesterday, she's reporting that they're closer to a multi-year contract extension similar to Harrison Bader's. Um, 
Gallegos and O'Neill would be two great guys to lock up at, at minimum through their pre-arbitration years, through, through their arbitration eligible years, excuse me. Because then you have it, you have that on your books, you know what you're going to be spending. It's just something off your chest. And at the end of the day, these are above average talents. I think Gallegos is one of the most underrated arms in all of baseball, especially when you're looking at, at a bullpen um, standpoint of things. Tyler O'Neill is one of the best left fielders in, in all of baseball. Now, he has to prove that last year wasn't a fluke, right? But I think he has the ability to do that. But if I had to pick one, like if I was forced to only pick one to extend, I'm going with Tyler O'Neill. Five-tool player, can do it all. And I'm not trying to say that I wouldn't sign Gallegos. I would like to sign them both. But let's just say for hypothetical sense, I can only sign one. I'm signing Tyler O'Neill to a contract extension. I want to know what you think. Drop a comment in the YouTube section below. Because I can understand the argument for both ways. Well, yeah, Tyler O'Neill put up a great year last year. He's shown potential for a while, but he needs to put up more results for me in order to get a contract extension. I get that. Totally get that. As well as Giovanni Gallegos, he's been better for longer. You, you know what you're going to get. Lock him up. You don't know what bullpen arms are going to be, so you might as well lock up the good ones while you have them. Great point. I, I, under, I understand the logic behind both of those points. I'm still going with Tyler O'Neill because of the fact that I want... I, I think O'Neill can be a stepping stone to extending Bader longer to getting Carlson locked up as well and keeping those three in your outfield for as long as possible. Because that needs to be up there on your list of priorities. Yep, you got Flirty's contract coming. Yep, you're probably going to have to deal with a contract of Edmund soon. Find a first baseman here in the next couple of years. But this outfield, everybody, I I just think this outfield is so good. So incredibly good. So let me know who you think the Cardinals should sign to a contract extension. Do you think it should be O'Neill? Do you think it should be Gallegos? Oh, apologies about that light that just went out. Do you think it should be somebody else? Let me know in the YouTube comment section below. You can also DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. You can DM the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals as well. And it's a good timing that the light just went out on YouTube because that is going to do it for the show today. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day. Be sure to tune back tomorrow. One more time, NL Central Roundtable with six of the seven Locked on Central hosts. It was a lot of fun to record with those guys. Two shows have co-hosts. That's why there's more than just five. Um... But it was a lot of fun to record with those guys. Come back tomorrow to listen to that roundtable discussion. Be sure to listen to Locked On MLB today with Paul Francis Sullivan. But be sure to call him Sully. And until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.